I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Welcome back to the internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and high achievers, so that together we can learn from their mistakes, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur. And I am on a mission to change the lives of 7.8 billion people by improving their personal, professional, and financial lives by empowering their mindsets and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guest is somebody who embodies the story of tragedy to triumph. He's the founder of Synchronicity, which in my opinion is a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs looking to take their personal development and self-evolution to the next level. After having to deal with a tragic death of his best friend at an early age, he went down a slippery path of drugs, alcohol, and emotionless sex while unconsciously searching for purpose and unconditional love. During his time at Rock Bottom, he was blessed with a deeper understanding of the human condition that provided opportunities to teach him this truth. Life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. With that understanding, he's built four companies to date. He runs two successful podcasts, Systems for Success, as well as The Synchronicity Show. He's produced over six figures in revenues in his own personal business, and he's only getting started. His ability to form deep, meaningful connections with people in short periods of time allow him to get to the root of an individual's self-limiting blocks. And through that, he provides business consulting, hosts international retreats, creates online courses, and offers done-for-you services. He helps entrepreneurs design their destiny. Today, we're going, to des- we're going to dive into this incredible man's origin stories, learn how he turned pain into power, and I'm going to ask him to share his four cycles of belief, which is a technique he uses to deconstruct himself and reconstruct himself for the next chapter of his life. So help me in welcoming my friend, Kevin Wathi. What's up, Kev? My man, you got to start writing my bios for me. <laughs> Bro, that like took all the oxygen out of me. But honestly, it was such a pleasure putting your introduction together. I appreciate that. The only the only change I'm going to make is there's the Synchronicity Show and Systems for Success are the same show, just rebranded. Oh, dang. Check that out. I had no clue. I saw them at two different shows. So that's really cool to know, bro. Yeah, we're uh, potentially rebranding a third time, but that's a, a different conversation, too. Dude, well, I love it, man, because I want to be able to dive into the origin of your story today, because you and I met a few weeks back, right before July 4th, I had the pleasure of being able to go out and float the river with you. And the moment we got to sitting and talking, I mean, I felt the instant connection, you know, there was a lot of depth to you, which was amazing. And you started to tell me your story. And I said, wow, like, here's somebody that understands the power of going through you know, some of the darkest moments in life and being able to come out on the other side to help others. So, you know, Kevin, I would love to know for you, essentially, like, where do you see your origin story as starting? It's an interesting question that I've been diving deeper into myself as of recently, because I've I've been actively trying not to attach myself to a story and allow myself to be present. Mm. But as of today, what's today? July 20th. The way I would say my origin story started really is when I was 16 years old. And when I was 16 years old, this is a little bit of what we talked about on that, on that bus ride. I 
got dealt some tragic news and my mother had been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Now, before that happened, it was an interesting story because she had just run a triathlon, her first ever triathlon. She was 46 years old in the best shape of her life. And because of the triathlon, she had low back pain. She thought that she had hurt herself in the race because it was something that she was always pushing herself to achieve more. She was always competing with herself. And that's where one of our, our sayings, I'm always in competition with myself, comes from. It actually stems from that, that cool. story, that ethos. And she, so she thought she had hurt herself and thought she had hurt her back in the race, got an MRI, was told she had stage four pancreatic cancer, metastasized to every major organ, and was given three months to live. This was December. She got diagnosed in... It was August, August or September, I think the diagnosis came. And it wasn't until later that year that she actually let my sister and I know. So like, get this, you got three months to live, takes you a month and a half just to tell your son and daughter. And then she tells us that. And then in January, she sits my sister and I down and says she's going to spend another Christmas with us. Essentially outliving the prognosis by a year. And to skip all the in-between pieces, she ended up passing away December 26th. Wow. And that did two things. The first thing that it did was it, it, it sent me down a very dark path, which I'm happy to, to dive into and go into. But the second thing that it did, reflecting back and now in hindsight, being able to recognize is that it installed a question in my head. And that is to what extent or in what capacity do we design our destiny? Because if she was consciously able to choose the date of her last breath, what else is this capable of that we don't know or we don't even give ourselves credit for the capacity that we have to explore, create, and navigate a world that we design ourselves? Man, I love that, right? Because I like what you said essentially as well, like not necessarily defining yourself by your past, but however, recognizing the past has opened doors for you. And it opened this door where essentially with your mother, you're able to see that she created her own future, right? She was told three months left and she said, no, I'm rewriting that. I'm going to spend another, that's a deep desire, right? There's a lot of an emotional attachment to, I'm going to spend another Christmas with my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best, the best rejection is a redirection. And if we start to look at life that way, then what you start to see is everything that's happening and, and, and being presented to you in a way that doesn't align with who or what you want to become. I mean, I, this has gotten me into some trouble in my life, but I don't think rules exist. I think they're just recommendations. And if you believe that deep down, now the recommendations are set by you, not by the rules someone else imposes upon you. So then you're able to alter the present reality or your perception of your reality and then begin to shift where you want to take your life. Because there's, it, makes me, it makes me think of, if we, if we go down the rabbit hole on this, it makes me think of Roger Bannister, who ran the first four-minute mile. Yep. People for centuries have been trying to run and break the four-minute mile barrier. They would tie, in ancient Rome, they would tie a rope to a man and have a bull chase him in order to some, have someone try and break the four-minute mile. No one could do it until he visualized that process and he broke it. And it was like three minutes, 59 seconds and like 58 milliseconds. He just broke it by a smidge. And then literally a couple of weeks later, people started breaking that record because what he did is he made the impossible possible. Now, what if we 
choose to operate our life from that belief, from that perspective. Now, everything that is perceived to be impossible is a limitation placed on you by someone else or your own imagination. Now, the problem isn't your own imagination. It's that you're limiting yourself because of it. Mm -hmm. And when you start to create from a place of abundant reality, which is what we live in, like nature doesn't ever stop growing. Why should we? Why do we plateau? It's because we place these things on top of us because we're, per we're perceiving them in a way that's limited by our own consciousness. So let me ask you this question, right? Because I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, you know, essentially you had this wake up call. You were able to watch your mother redefine and rewrite her own reality. And you started to uncover this for yourself. Why do you think that a lot of us get stuck in this place of living with those limitations, right? If we all have the power to essentially break that chain, right? What, I guess I can only ever ask from your own personal opinion, what allowed you to be able to break through that chain? Because experiencing the death of your mother, especially at a young age, that's something that would be crippling for most people. And most people find that to be something that would paralyze them for life. It would limit them for life. However, you know, you are at a place now where I see you doing amazing things. So what was the catalyst that allowed you to be able to pull out of that spiral? I didn't initially get to this place. This, that wasn't my innate reaction to it. My innate reaction was to go down a path of drugs, drinking, and sex that distanced myself from all possible emotion I could experience and placed the, the gratification of significance outside of myself rather than feeling my own worth internally. Hmm. When that process continued for almost a decade, like it wasn't until, and, and I'm not to say I'm, I've outgrown, I'm growing every single day. I'm learning new things about myself every single day. This is just the perception that I'm perceiving right. myself in my present reality in the current moment, given all of the experiences I've had to date. I, I would say the reason that people don't continue to grow is because they don't allow themselves to look inward. That was, I think the best way to describe this is most people graduate college or do something. They have a career, then they have a life crisis and then they find some form of spirituality, religion, enlightenment, some practice of self-discovery. I was the opposite. I had a life crisis that led me to self-discovery that then led me to business. So it was the complete opposite approach that most people had. And if we go to like a Simon Sinek, start with why most go external to internal till they hit a rock bottom and then go internal to external. Well, I hit a rock bottom very early on in my life, which forced me to go inside, which initially I went inside, but I shut everything out. And mm -hmm. then when I started to recognize what I was doing, because the first step in any change is awareness. When I had the awareness to recognize what I was doing was preventing me from growing and becoming who I wanted to be and who I know I was placed on this earth to become, that's when the thing started to shift. So if we, if we talk about the catalyst, like the moment that things started to change, there were many, but the, the one that was the biggest that I can reflect back on and say, this was the moment in my life where I started to see shit differently was my second year at, I was going to Arizona state, my second year at undergrad, I got asked to go perform in Southeast Asia. I was living in a compound in Bali and I was doing yoga every single morning. I had been introduced to yoga prior to this, but more of like a stretching routine for, I was an actor at the time, more as like a stretching warm up routine to warm up your body prior to going on stage. Right. 
three weeks into this, I came out of a yoga class and something was different. The sky was bluer. The trees were greener. I smelled things differently. And I made eye contact with my vocal production coach, Micah. And she was there. I made eye contact with her. I saw my mom and her and I collapsed to the ground. I was incomprehensible for the remainder of that day. Like I, my, I didn't work that day. <laughs> and reflecting back on it, what I recognized was that I didn't ever allow myself a chance to fully release the emotion that I had restricted myself from. I never allowed myself to grieve the loss of my mom, of my best friend. And because it was, I lost my mom to cancer and I also lost my best friend in high school to cancer. And after I graduated, I went and played junior hockey on the East Coast. Then junior hockey led me to acting. Acting led me to school. School led me to Asia. All of those pieces were just keeping myself busy, preventing myself from being. And I've, that's a, a pattern I've recognized in my life is I've got caught up in the doing rather than the being. Mm-hmm. And when we consistently do, we don't allow ourselves to be. And when you don't be, you don't allow yourself to expand upon the emotion and the energy that's within you. So you constantly seek for it externally. I've chased validation. I've chased significance. I've chased importance. I've chased certainty in so many areas of my life. That was the first moment I allowed myself to remove myself from those labels and say, this is how I feel right now, right here in this moment. That's powerful. Kevin, I want to know from you, right? When you, you had that moment where after the, the yoga session and you're, you collapse, and you're realizing, wow, like I, I've been carrying this weight, right? You, you see your mother in the instructor. And before that, did you believe that you had already grieved? Did you believe that you had already let it out? Or did you know that you were actually carrying this weight? It's a really good question. I don't know if I consciously knew I needed to grieve. So therefore, it wasn't something that I was looking for. I thought that my response was just how people responded. I, it, I, I had... In order to know something needs to change, you need to have something to compare and contrast it to. I had nothing to compare and contrast it to. I had just dealt with so much death in my life that I thought that was how life was. Mm. So it, it's given me now a perspective of which to compare and contrast things to. But I also believe that it's my biggest blessing. I wouldn't change anything for those experiences because those experiences are what have... I think problems in our life are the pressure we push against to craft our character. And if I didn't have those problems in my life, I grew up, I was very fortunate growing up. I middle-class family, great neighborhood, went to a private school until I was in eighth grade, got kicked out. That's another story. And then went to a public school and I was very fortunate. I don't know if I would be half the man I am today if I didn't have those problems to push against because I wouldn't have had to, at least in, in my present perception of it, I wouldn't have had those, those, those opportunities to grow because that's what they are. Everything right. that happens is an opportunity. It just depends on how you label it. Like when we go a little bit deeper into the four cycles of, of fulfillment and cycles of belief, an, an experience means nothing until you attach meaning to it. Once you attach meaning to it, it becomes an emotion. A feeling is just a fleeting form of emotion or an, an expressed external feeling it's it's like it's an emotion expressing itself essentially but that then creates the story you tell yourself and that then creates your beliefs 
Now, when something happens, the belief is ingrained based on past meaning that you've attached to an experience. So now we go through our lives and we're living the same exact day every single day. We're doing different things, but we're experiencing the same emotions. Now, the emotional home where we, re- where we return to is something that's familiar and common because mm-hmm. the past is familiar. The future is uncertain. Most people don't allow themselves to look within and say, I am okay with seeing and being uncertain. Therefore, I'm going to continually expand and grow every single day. Instead, people return and retreat back to what is comfortable. And what's comfortable is what's known. Oh, wow. So in essence, you know, it sounds like people in that sense are blocking their own growth. They're blocking their uh, expansion simply because of this, this fear of the unknown, right? Of Because it's not certain. I'd rather that saying, you know, I'd rather deal with the devil I know than the devil I don't. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's not to anyone's fault. They don't know how. No one's ever taught them how. You don't learn that in school. You learn. (laughs) I believe education is what is done to you. Learning is what you do to yourself. And I believe that when you take a second to actually deconstruct the belief systems that you have so that you can reconstruct more empowering beliefs, then what you're doing is consciously choosing the outcomes you get from your life. Most people just go off of a subconscious programming that was placed upon them by their friends, their family, society, the media, and that's they respond then habitually to impulses that weren't consciously chosen by them. And it's, it's a no wonder that everyone seems to be the same and everyone seems to make the same decisions and why a very small, very few select people are the ones who actually allow themselves to grow because they're the ones who have gotten out of their own way, not the other way around. That's really big. And, you know, I think it was you and I, when we were first speaking on that bus, you said something to me, which I, at that moment, I was like, wow, I I really get along with this guy where I believe you said, in essence, you know, I would never actually take away pain from a person, right? Mm -hmm. Because that pain is so critical to them. That pain is so important to them. I would never do them the disservice. I would never take away that blessing from them. You know, can you talk on that a little bit more? I know you just briefly spoke on it, but like, can you really explain the thought process behind, you know, why you wouldn't ever want to take away something like that from a person? Because you look at your own history and you said you wouldn't change anything. And someone might hear that like, but his mother and best friend passed away. Why would he not want to change that? Because when you protect yourself from pain, you protect yourself in a way that permits you, that prevents you from growing. So think, let, let's place this through the lens of an addict. If someone is addicted to a substance or a drug and you protect them from hitting rock bottom, they never get to the place that acts as a catalyst for their own choice and their own growth. If you prevent that individual from choosing their destiny, choosing the path that they take, they're never going to come out of that. And that's why you see people who I would consider alcoholics, but they're highly functioning in society and it's okay because they've never gotten to a place that's rock bottom. They've only gotten to 20 or 30 or 40%. Now that behavior is patternized and it becomes acceptable in our society to diminish who you are and who you're capable of becoming. So instead of, instead of actively, I mean, and it's not out of ill intent, like mm-hmm. think of like a father protecting his son, a father's going to say, I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll cover your rent. Well, guess what? 
Now, you covering the kid's rent who's addicted to alcohol, he's never forced to hit rock bottom because he knows he always has security of a house over his head. And if you go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he's never hitting the bottom need because it's always taken care of for him. So therefore, he's always at 20%. And if you don't ever allow him to get to zero where he's forced with the I'm going to die or I need to level the fuck up, he's not going to get better. And the problem is people, quote, care too much. Well, if you actually cared, you would let them fuck up on their own. Because that's how they're going to get better. You can't help someone change until they choose to change. You cannot bring someone up who wants to stay down. But someone who is down can bring everyone down with them. So I I absolutely love that. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's a message that I feel is getting washed away currently in society, not as a negative thing, not as a, oh my gosh, society is going down. However, it's not a message that I feel I hear often enough. And it's one that I think would do a lot of folks a lot of benefit for their own personal development. Without judgment, I think a lot of folks would do good by experiencing their own personal, I call it winter, experience Mm -hmm. your own personal winter, get to your own personal rock bottom. So, you know, you went through your rock bottom, you've been able to come back and essentially it sounds like what you found at that rock bottom is choice, right? You really found this ability that, okay, I can actually assign the meaning to these events to, I've been calling it tragedy this whole time. However, now it's almost like, Hey, these events, although yes, I miss my friends. I miss my mother are treasures because it's allowed mm. for the catalyst of today. So how has it affected the way you think today? Cause especially I, I like what you said. Most people go external first crash and are forced to come internal well your crashing happened right away so you were already internal and from the internal place you started to construct so can we talk a little bit about what you've been constructing from this newfound chapter of internal the biggest piece is that and and i'm in no way perfect at this i still get rocked every (laughs) once in a while and and i i say i no longer have bad days only bad moments because i'm aware of when things are affecting me and I have the tools and the resources we all do in order to take action and remove those emotions or shift them into new empowering beliefs. But I think the biggest piece of that, of having the opportunity to expand into who I wanted to become with all of these things that have happened at a young age is that I actively try, I will say try actively try daily to never allow an external impulse dictate an internal state. Now, when things are going on outside of me, that's great. They're happening in my perception, but then again, I'm perceiving them a certain way. Mm -hmm. So how I'm perceiving the external dictates before it would dictate how I felt internally. If this is happening, then I feel this way. If I close this deal, then I feel this way. If I get this girl, then I feel this way. Those are allowing external, info, external influences to dictate how I feel internally, which is then causing my body to remove itself from an equilibrious state. Now, instead, what if you say, I don't, it doesn't matter what's happening outside because I can dictate how I feel inside. And now if I can dictate the state that I show up every single day, doesn't matter what life throws at me. I'm choosing to live in the state of bliss, of beauty, of perfection. Eh, mm-hmm. Let's remove perfection. I don't think there is perfection. It's of progress. <laughs> there we, go. Of there we progress. go. And when you choose to show up like that, 
you then start to find alignment. And when you find alignment, you start to enter flow. When you start to enter flow, things become magnetized to you. And you're no longer trying to go after and grasp at things and find attachment to things because you're no longer finding your identity in the external. You're finding your identity and your self-worth on the internal. Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, morningmindsetcoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. I love that, man. I, I What I like about that is, you know, essentially you're teaching people right through this, how to actually get into like what you're saying in alignment with that flow. Because I want to ask you this. I want to get your opinion on this. When you're, or tell, tell me if you agree with this, when you're in alignment with that flow, we start to realize uh, some of the blockage, right? Some of the restrictions that we're encountering. They, some of them, in some cases, when we're in that alignment, they find, we find that they kind of move aside, right? Things start to happen. I don't want to say at warp speed, but they tend to happen a little bit faster than we anticipated. It's almost surprising. You know, did you start to experience that in your life? Like, were you finding before, like, I guess, what was the difference before you started implementing from a, a standpoint of even just you building your career, right? Because you said this is allowing yourself to go to the core, allowed you to build the career, right? So what difference were you seeing there from the before approach and the after approach? The, so there's two, two points I want to make on this one. The first one being is I think the before and after, I think it's always growing, but in presently before would be very much attacking a problem and hitting my head against the wall until I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And after approach is saying, here's the question, starting with a question, rather than starting with doing something, starting with a question, because the better the question I ask, the better the answer I'm going to get. And if I can find the one question that solves all the other problems, I only need to ask one question. Rather than saying, well, how do I do this? 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 What is the one question that solves them all? And once you figure out what that question is, then everything starts to fall into place because you've already knocked down all the little dominoes. You just needed to hit the big one. The second piece of that is I think who articulates this the best is Joe Dispenza. And he he talks about creating from quantum, which is creating from energy creating from imagination rather than creating from memory when we create from imagination the refractory period the time in between an idea and something becoming physical becoming reality is shortened because it's already existing like we've created that thought and thoughts are things if instead we have to say my belief is that i have an imperfect past therefore the future will be flawed as well well now you're creating from memory And if you create from memory, you're only going to get the things you've had before. And this is one of the biggest issues that I see, especially in the entrepreneurial world, is people believe the beliefs that got them to where they are is what's going to get them to where they want to be. 
but it doesn't work like that. If it did, everyone would be where they want to be because they just keep doing the same things. But in order to become more, you must be more. And in order to be more, you must change your beliefs. So when you start to change your beliefs, your questions change. And when your questions change, the things that you speak into the public, you speak into reality, those things change as well. So this is an internal dialogue that makes manifest the things that you talk to yourself about. And it's, you can take it multiple different ways and, and people will think like, oh, talk about manifestation or talk about this, or talk about that. It has nothing to do with any of that. You're literally speaking into reality that which you want to see. And if we focus on how our mind, I know we talked about this a little bit too, how our mind actually finds information. It doesn't seek information out. It tunes information out. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the internal monologue I'm having in my head is my mind gives me what I think, what it thinks I want. So if I say I want to see more of this thing, my mind actively finds it. Well, if I'm, ta- if I'm always talking to myself in the negative, my mind's going to find more negative. If I'm always talking to myself in the positive of what I'm creating from my imagination, my mind finds more of that. Because here's a trip. Everything, this is, this is fascinating. Nothing has ever been invented, only discovered. Love that. Everything that exists already exists. And everything that will ever in our lifetimes and all the ones thereafter, everything's already been created. It just hasn't been discovered and placed into the and and connected together in the way that forms the pieces. So if you look at the iPhone, before we had iPhones, did all of those pieces exist? Yes. They just hadn't been assembled in that way. Look at any piece of tech, look at anything in the world. It was already, it already exists. It already existed before it was created. Therefore, it wasn't invented. We can get into the semantics of the definition of inventing if you want. So technically it is inventing. But the way that I perceive the word invented is creating something from nothing. Well, the, the thing already exists. So it's being discovered and put into practice in a way that hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I totally agree with you too. Right. And what I, what I really like here is, you know, essentially you speak about this idea of coming from a place of working from the creative part of your mind. Right. Cause I agree with you that when I look at most individuals and I simply ask them this question, Kevin, I ask them, Hey, what is it out of life that you want? You know, explain to me, what do you want? You know, what do you want in the next year? What do you want in the next five years? What I often find is the answers start off with a limitation based off of the past. The thoughts, well, it'd be nice if I could just immediately, there's already a ceiling on what could be created. When I'm giving you a blank canvas, you're telling me, well, I have to stay with inside of these imaginary lines that don't exist. So Mm -hmm. your approach is essentially coming from a place of creativity, coming from a place of unlimited, endless possibility to then manifest the thoughts. And actually you're saying that when a person is able to think from that space, in essence, think from this infinite realm that the time in between, right, this lag time in between of how long it takes for things to occur is actually shortened. So it's to their advantage to actually speak and think from that place of, it sounds like I call it imagination. You know, would that be the correct term for it? I would say so. I I mean, that's how I would, I would define it. I think that, I mean, imagination as we perceive it, or as I perceive it, I don't know how other people see it, can also be a limitation in a sense because we're imagining things as if 
in, in the context that we always have. So therefore, we're imagining things and placing this limitation of how on them. But what if we remove the how? What if you don't need to figure out the how? What if you just need to figure out the what you want to do and why? Mm-hmm. Now the how fills in itself because if you start to find what you want to do and it's in, with align- it's in alignment with who you want to become, you can find someone who knows how to figure out the how. You don't have to know how to do it. And then it becomes a conversation of who, not how. See, I, I love that, right? Because, you know, in essence, even us having this conversation is living testimony of that. When I created this podcast, I knew what I wanted to create it for. I knew I wanted to get people information that was ultimately bettering my life. And I knew I wanted to get information for myself very selfishly that would help better my life and speed up my journey. And I knew why I wanted to do it because I had a following. I had kids that I was coaching and people that were allowing me to become something of a mentor figure to them to be a guiding light. And so ultimately, I knew that if I can become better, it would allow them to become better. I just didn't necessarily know all the how of how it was going to come together. How was I going to find the guest? How was I going to get the right people? To your point, though, I was very clear on the what and the why. And mm. things, the, the synchronicities, which I love, by the way, like I love that name, you know, so for your company to be named that, the synchronicities that would align themselves for, you know, you and I to meet on a party bus going to a river <laughs> of all places, places like I normally avoid party buses, man. Like, As do I. That was the first time I've put myself in a situation like that in a long time. And it was insane because of it. I was just like, holy crap, this guy, Kevin, like, I want to share him with the world. I want to share his message with the world. So I agree with you wholeheartedly there. And I actually actually want to ask you about this, right? Because you and I, when we were on that bus too, we spoke about something that was so, it was so different. I hadn't heard anyone ever speak about this when it came to the way the brain works, right? You actually pointed out something to me that, you know, the brain is actually finely tuned, not to give us what we want, but to protect us. And by understanding how it actually works, understanding that, you know, it's actually like almost like a negative seeking missile, it's going to find the negative faster than the positive. How have you been using that? Because you started breaking it down to me on, hey, by understanding this is the more natural tendency of the brain, that you can use that to your benefit. So can you speak on that a little bit? So it's one of Charlie Munger's mental models, which is inverse thinking. And essentially what it is, is flipping, it's flipping the question on itself. So the way our brains are designed is to find danger and protect us from danger. Therefore, we can, so we can continue to, to, to live, essentially. And when you recognize that the brain is designed to find problems, then you can ask the inverse question. So rather than saying, how do I have a great marriage? You can say, how do I fuck up my marriage? Now you're going to say, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to drink every night. I'm going to be abusive. And you continue down this path. And it's much easier for your brain to find those things than the positive. And now you just avoid doing those. So if you're ever stumped on solving a problem, flip it and ask yourself the inverse question. When you ask yourself the inverse question, your brain's going to find all of the problems. And then you do the opposite. So you're using your brain's innate, innate wiring to your advantage because you understand how the brain is working. See, I, I thought that was so genius when you broke that down and that I appreciated you for sharing that, right? It's something you learned that you shared because 
it's funny. It's something for any of my people that are listening right now that are in sales and you deal with objections all the time. That's a beautiful thing to do. Get inside the mind of the person that you're speaking with or the person that you ultimately want to help and figure out all the reasons why they want to say no, why they're scared to work with you, why they're scared to buy your product, all of that, and list every last bit of it out. And you're going to have a list, probably a page long, maybe two pages, and then simply create the opposite reality. And those become your solutions. So as you're problem solving as entrepreneurs, which is what we do every single day, we're constantly putting out fires. I jokingly say we're more like firemen and women than anything else because there's always a fire to put out. If we're able to create what these negative solutions or these negative realities are, much easier, we can pinpoint them. And then from there, we can work to create their opposite. So Kevin, I, I freaking love that, man. That was insane. So what I want to do is also, I want to, if you're okay with it, I want to ask you essentially about the four cycles you know, the, the four cycles that you use as a way of deconstructing and then reconstructing yourself. And I, I thought it was so interesting that, you know, it's like, it's something where you say it's a deconstruction first to then recreate. So a hundred percent, we can dive into that. Let's backtrack real quick on the sales conversation here, because absolutely once you dive deeper into that inverse thinking, you're going to find a pattern. And then that pattern is going to lead you to an, an unconscious belief that that prospect has. Now, it's not going to be a page of things. It's going to be one specific thing. So if we look at someone who's like, I have to think about it, what is that pattern? Where does that stem from? It stems from the belief that time is what allows them to make more informed decisions, not information. So now if you recognize that, you then are in a position to coach them in a way through that false belief and reconstruct a new empowering belief in them. Now what you're doing is you're, you're a empowering the person to live a more fulfilled life because now they're becoming aware and conscious of their subconscious wiring and B you're then as a salesman, you're probably going to enroll them because what you're doing is you're actively changing how they think about a problem. Because remember, most people find problems well, if you understand inverse thinking, you can find solutions and then paint those solutions as the antidote to their problems. That's exactly what sales is. Bro, I freaking love that. Like, I hope people were really listening. To, like, if you guys are listening right now, you need to rewind that. You need to listen to that like five more times and really get that drilled into your mind because that's, I love what you said. And like a lot of people, when they think of sales, they don't often think of the fact that you are, yes, empowering a person. You're empowering them. If we go back to what Kevin spoke about at the beginning of this podcast, you're empowering them to make choices. You're giving them that ability to take, make choices. You're not taking the choice away from them. You're actually handing it to them on a silver platter and you're removing the obstacles that currently exist that prevent them from doing so. And some of those obstacles, they don't even realize they exist. Like you said, it's an unconscious consciousness it's unconscious competence that they have to block themselves there so i absolutely love that man a hundred percent it's true and I, I there's four different levels to to how our mindsets are structured that you then work through and it's like the unconscious competence but i believe it's unconsciously anchored consciously anchored consciously expanding and then unconsciously expanding mm. and it's about finding the the set point, the base state, where do you return to? Because when things become difficult, when you, when life throws you chaos, how, what is the state that you return to? 
because the state that you return to is technically your emotional home. Whatever that home base is and wherever you return to is going to dictate the quality of your life. So if you're returning to a place that's unconsciously anchored, you're unconsciously holding yourself exactly where you are. But if you start to gain awareness and you say, I'm consciously anchored, now you know that you're stuck in that place. Now, if we shift to expanding and you go consciously expanding, you're now rewiring your thought process to say, okay, I recognize this, but I'm choosing growth. I'm choosing gratitude. I'm choosing expansion. It's still conscious, though. I still physically have to do it. The next step and the top step would be unconsciously expanding, which means your base state is to say, okay, cool. At least I got this, 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 and this, and here's what I'm grateful for. And you don't even entertain the opposite. That's allowing you to continually grow and expand. And that's like the four different tiers, at least from my perception, of what I think where people can move and grow into and expand into in a way that they can quantify their level of growth in terms of their own mindset. That's what I'm really interested in, is how can I quantify something that is perceived to be unquantifiable? That's powerful because you and I both know that what gets measured is able to grow. When it's able to get measured, it's able to be managed. And when it's able to be managed, we can now apply more gas. We can apply the brakes. We can change direction. There's a lot more we can do with something when we understand the direction it's going in. And I would love to dive deeper in this. However, I want to be respectful of your time. So I do want to find out from you, essentially, within the the four cycles, you know, if you can give us a little bit of, you know, what what is that all about? Because that piqued my interest. So I've broken it down to what I believe there are four areas of fulfillment in our lives. Physical presence, transformational speech, mental focus, and inspired proximity. Within each one of those four is a cycle that determines how we show up in that area. So let's take physical presence, for example, because we touched on this earlier. Physical presence is the cycle of belief. So how are beliefs created in the physical realm? And this can be physical, physically, or spiritually. So you're, it's mental, emotional, physical. Those are all physical things. We have an experience. The experience means nothing. Car accident happens on the corner. You don't pay, to, you don't pay attention to it at all. You now you find out that's your family. You have a completely different response. Mm-hmm. So it's the meaning you attach to the experience that dictates the emotion. Now, the emotion for most is a patterned thought process. So if the emotion, you say, I, when I experience this, I feel anger. Well, now all of these things happen, but it pulls you back to this one singular emotion. So if we go experience to meaning, meaning tells us the emotion. Emotion tells us the story we tell ourselves. That story creates a belief. Now that's an unconscious cycle, cycle of belief, that goes on in our minds. The only way to change that is to place a filter over it, which is a question. So now how do I know what question to ask or what to place over my cycle of belief in order to consciously create the beliefs that are going to design my destiny and dictate where I want to go in my life? And that's the whole practice. That's the whole that's, that's our entire program for peak performance coaching is how to figure out what that question is for you so that you're able to design exactly what the beliefs that dictate your life are. Because if, if I can't tell you what to believe and you most of the time can't tell yourself what to believe because they're installed in you from an early age and you have unconscious beliefs and unconscious wiring that 
you your whole life will, will continually try and peel back the layers too. And instead, if you're able to place a filter on it, you're able to become aware of the things that are limiting you and reconstruct those beliefs to be new and empowering. A really good way to think about this is, you know how everyone like thinks of life as an onion. You're peeling back the layers of the onion. Yep. I think that's false. <laughs> I, think, I think life is like a baseball because I believe everyone's born complete. Society tells them that they are incomplete and they place rubber bands and then a nice shiny leather wrapping and then they stitch it up with red, red ribbon and they put a bow on it. So our entire life is, if we're born complete, it's peeling back the layers of conditioning to bring us back to where we started rather than peeling back an onion saying we were born incomplete and we need to figure out who we are. Bro, Kevin, I like that a lot. I like that a lot because it really, it allows people to remind themselves if they're listening, if they're truly listening, it reminds them that you are exactly who you need to be, right? In this moment in time, there's just some stuff like you're wearing a mask still, right? You just got a silly costume on. Just remember to take the costume off. What the person under the costume is perfect. So this is, and I'll give you an example. Yesterday was not my finest hour. I, 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 couple of things didn't go my way. Multiple things. It was just like, you know, the days are like one after another. You're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know those days, man. Lost a couple of sales, got some news about uh, something else in my personal life and some other news. And, and it's just like one after the other for like three hours straight. It was like email after email after. And I sat back and for a second, I was like, okay, my internal state has changed because of the external influence. But because I was aware of it, I was able to alter it. So then I I did two things. The first thing I did is I recognized that this is the game. This is the process. This is the progress that I'm looking for in my life because the alternative is not what I want. So you first recognize that this is what you want. Number two is I did something constructive to shift it. So with that thought process, I went for a run. Granted, it was 115 degrees and I ran three miles. I thought I was going to have heat stroke by the end of it. So maybe I went a little over the top on it, which is a a pattern in my life that I'm deconstructing right now. (laughs) And that's also how I hurt my leg, which I think we talked a little bit about on the, on the bus too. But the first step in that is the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't have the awareness of it, all those things would have come into my, my world. I would have responded internally. I would have been, spending the rest of that day, maybe even into today, allowing that to dictate how I felt. But instead, if you can consciously become aware of it and shift it and say, I'm in control of my state, not the circumstances around me. Now you show up every day as you want to, not as you're told to. That's powerful, right? Being able to show up how you want. And I want to, you know, highlight something you said earlier, which is something that I want people to really take home with them, which is you, you kind of give this power, you owe this power to being able to ask the right questions. And it's something I'll share this with you, Kevin, right? I, I had the you know pleasure of being able to speak to Brandon Dawson, who is the partner to Grant Cardone, very intelligent man. And he actually agrees with you. He says the exact same thing where he said, look, your life is going to expand based on the level of questions you learn to ask, not just of other people, but of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I want to have people meditate on that for a little while. I'm going to say a few things before we're going to wrap it up. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to get going in a bit. 
And we're going to wrap it up with the final few questions. And before I do that, I want to let people know while they're listening that if they enjoyed having Kevin on the show, because we only got to get into one of the four, right? If they enjoyed having Kevin on the show, what I want you to do is go tag Kevin on Instagram. I'm going to have all of his social media down below. Let him know that you thought this episode was powerful. And if he tells me, man, like people have been blowing me up since your podcast, I will beg him to come back on the show for a part two so we can dive even deeper. So, Kevin, I want to ask you these final questions. It's some of my favorite questions to ask people. The first one is selfishly how I build out my personal library. I'm a big reader. And for me, books have been an ultimate game changer. For yourself, can you name one, but no more than two books that were total paradigm shifts for you if you like enjoy reading what were those books that you essentially picked up that once you read them a part of your mind expanded and never quite went back to being the same fiction or nonfiction? it can be either man man's search for meaning by victor frankel the untethered soul by michael singer that's a powerful book i've read man's search for meaning but i have not read the untethered soul so that one so, was- so let me preface this for anyone listening that does read it. There is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and then there is The Surrender Experiment also by him. Do not read The Surrender Experiment first. <laughs> read The Untethered Soul first because The Surrender Experiment shows the place that he was in in his life when he was writing The Untethered Soul. And once you've read The Untethered Soul and you recognize how profound of a message it is, and then you see the state that he was in when he was writing that book, you'll recognize that everything that I've been talking about, about controlling your internal state, irrelevant of what's happening externally, that will click for you in a way that when I first read that was absolutely insane for me. Man, that is powerful. So my next question here is, I want you to imagine, Kevin, that, Tomorrow morning, you wake up, and as you come up to consciousness, you're beginning to open your eyes, and you are a total blank slate. You don't remember anything. You don't remember your experiences. You don't remember the pain. You don't remember the lessons. You don't remember the yoga studio, the friends you've made, the lessons you've learned. I'm talking, it's all gone. However, as you start to come back into this consciousness, you start to have a thought, right? This thought comes to you, and for whatever reason, you accept it. You don't fight it. You don't resist it. You just, it gets dialed in as law. What would you ideally want that first thought to be that would begin the catalyst for everything else to come? So the first thing that came to mind is fucking hilarious. The first thing that came to mind was I'm Jason Bourne. (laughs) (laughs) The second thing and the real thing is (laughs) I think what I so I want to have, and I, this is a practice I have of mine, is that I want to consciously choose the first thought I have when I wake up and the last thought I have before I go to sleep. Hmm. And what I want that thought to be is thank you. Because if I wake up saying thank you for today and I go to sleep saying thank you for today, I'm living in a state of gratitude. And when you live in a state of gratitude, it is impossible for you to feel fear for you to feel anxiety, for you to feel any type of disempowering emotion. So if we choose consciously to say when we wake up, thank you for today, and before we go to sleep, thank you for this experience. Now life is happening for you rather than to you. 
Bro, that is powerful. I absolutely agree with you. Gratitude and fear and worry, they can't coexist at the same time. If gratitude's embodying the the soul, the psyche, the physic, nothing else can live there at the same time. Kevin, for the people that have been listening now to us for about an hour and they're just like, this dude is freaking next level with the mindset. I want to connect with him. I want to plug in with him. I want to like see what he's doing on social media and learn more. How can they plug in with you? Where should they go? Instagram is at Kevin Wathy, W-A-T-H-E-Y. And then I also have what we talked a little bit before, a, a mindset mastery quiz. So you can figure out where you are at on the spectrum of those four tiers. And you can see what actionable pieces you can do in order to elevate that mindset and get to the next spot. And that's at S, the number four S pod.com slash mindset. So it's, it's for our systems for success podcast. S the number four S pod.com slash mindset. Bro. I love that. And what I'm going to do for everyone that's listening, those links are going to be in the description below. So just scroll down, click it. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, scroll down and click it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure I'm telling you screenshot this right now, pause it, go on Instagram, tag myself, tag Kevin. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Kevin, I want to say thank you so much for making the time to be here today, for sharing your experiences, for sharing the things you've learned, speaking genuinely and authentically, and for just being an amazing human being, bro. Like your energy in person, phenomenal. Like seriously, like I'm excited to get to know you more as time goes on. I'm happy we live in the same area now. And I really just want to say again, thank you for being here today. Thank you, brother. The pleasure is all mine. Okay, guys, so I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.